Hello, everyone. Welcome to our show today. My name is John Drummond, or Yang Haowen. Hello, 大家好，欢迎各位再度来到 Angie 英文。我是 Angela. We have a great episode for you today with my good friend Lee, who's known around the Taiwanese and professional community as Lee Chang. 对的，今天我们请到了在科技业打滚的天使投资人 Lee 来跟大家分享他的故事。My guest today is Taiwanese American and is back in Taiwan exploring new career opportunities. He is an angel investor, a podcast co-host, a curious mind, and so much more. So, everyone, please welcome Lee. Hey guys, good to be here. Boom! What's up, Lee? It's so funny how fast we are working right now because we just met at a lunch a week ago. That's right. And here you are. Coming on to NG Ingwen, thank you for making time out of your crazy life, and coming to share some stories about your life and your career. Yeah, glad to be here. Awesome, man. So, do you think you could give our audience on NG Ingwen a little self introduction? Who is the man, the myth, the legend, Lee? <laughs> sure. So, my name is Lee Chang, Zhang Li Wen in Mandarin, and、um, I am currently, I guess, I would call myself an angel investor in the tech scene. I used to be a tech investor doing early stage venture investing、uh, cross border between U.S. and、uh, Greater China, and uh, currently um, really thinking about my next gig, and that's kind of how we met at a crypto lunch. And、uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get into that, but that's that's what I love about Web three and the whole movement is energy, you know, the community、um, and the passion that everyone has.、Um, so currently, actually in Taiwan,、um, only for a few months. I'm actually still currently based in the Bay Area, but Depending on opportunity, depending on what I do next,、uh, potentially we'll be looking maybe to spend more time in Taipei. So well said too about kind of just this this new energy. Something's brewing right now in the Web three space, and yeah, we met at a lunch and just hit it off. And so I was hoping we could start maybe a little bit about kind of the traditional side of what you've been doing with investment and how did you really get involved with the tech scene and the kind of the early stage tech scene? Can you help our audience understand? You know, what is that mindset and what really attracted you to that? Sure. Well, it's funny. So my career actually, I would say, definitely has not been linear. I started、um, out of college, actually doing、um, affiliate marketing first. I started a company, and this was in 2006. So you can kind of think about, you know, I was not around. I was still in school during the first dot com boom,、um, but definitely, you know, this was still early days where you talk about like Google AdWords. It was still like Yahoo,、um, and there was still a lot of opportunity for arbitrage and、uh, you know quite quite a bit of opportunity making money in in kind of. Um, advertising, if you will, yeah, and Ooh, arbitrage.、Um, good word here. Yeah, yeah. And then、um, from there, I actually worked in corporate. I was doing sales、uh, analysis at a toy company, MGA. This was in Los Angeles at the time.、Um, so really, from there,、um, I started doing import export、uh, to Taiwan, actually. And、um, after that,、uh, subsequently moved to Taipei.、I、was working Taipei, Hong Kong,、um, working with companies that were making goods that were basically. Uh, design manufactured for the European and U.S. markets. So actually, you know, all, all this was not really tech, if you will, right? And then I actually went to B school in Beijing,、mm. and after that, I joined Foxconn, so Taiwanese company Honghai, and was doing strategic investments from there. And that's when I started looking kind of beyond Foxconn's core operation, so beyond manufacturing, at different diversification of their business lines,、um, really kind of new business in e-commerce, content, etc. And that's when that I kind of got more into that space. 
It's so cool, man. And what a career. I know that's a lot of kind of high level stuff, but yeah. it's, it's just so cool to see, you know, the, the track that you've had and fun there saying non-linear. You're perfect for web three then, my friend, <laughs> because that's what it feels like, right? So yeah. many of us are coming from so many different places getting involved now. And thinking though about all of those things that you did, did you find any excitement or, or what really led you down that path? I think that's kind of what, rather than getting too technical right now is, what actually made you feel like you were good at these things? You know, maybe some of our younger audience could think about where they are right now, you know, doing strategic planning and, and import export. Mm. Did something really attract you to that industry? It's a good question. I think ultimately, I think everything you do, you try to find, you know, the learning angle and try to find different pieces that ultimately will shape you into perhaps who you will be. I think no one really knows it's pretty rare in my experience, people that have always had one goal in mind and have just like stuck to that. And I think all the experiences that I had definitely were just adding and creating kind of, you know, the larger piece of um, the pie that really made me understand what I, what I like to do and what I was good at. And so, you know, some of it was building kind of the foundation, doing analysis, you know, learning to work with data, you know, with math, finance, et cetera. And then with doing import export and also doing uh, a lot of business development that was more on the human side, you know, social interaction, learning how to interact with people and what, what really, um, is going to make certain deals work or not work. And so, um, I think when I got to the investing space, it kind of was a nice amalgamation of all those things. A big word for you. Ooh, <laughs> fun word right there. Yeah. So, you know, at that point, I felt like, okay, I get to kind of touch on all these different aspects that, um, I had done previously, but where I feel like I'm, what excited me about it was being able to see the cutting edge of technology, of innovation. And I had actually subsequently from Foxconn moved to the Bay Area where I was doing venture capital and early stage companies were the ones that were all kind of coming up with crazy ideas. And so, you know, being able to see people think about, you know, using AI to do data analysis, to do drug discovery. Um, to make autonomous driving, um, et cetera, et cetera. Like that was really exciting for me. So cool, man. Yeah. Being on the cutting edge. Well said right there. And that now leads us to kind of your curiosity being on the cutting edge of the crypto and blockchain space, mm. right? The greater picture of Web3 as we're calling it all now. And what do you feel you are exploring right now in Web3? I know you're here in Taipei. You're kind of sussing it out right now, yeah. you know? I would love to hear kind of what, what do you feel? What's attracting you now to Web3? Honestly, everything, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see kind of, at least in my experience, I, I think we always talk about the importance of respecting history and, and the cycles and booms and busts that continues to repeat itself. Um, and I think that it also applies definitely to, you know, to business, to the economy and to technology as well. And so at least the cycles that I lived through when I first got to the Bay Area, it was uh, ARVR. Then it was, you know, crypto kind of came and went a few times. And then we, we kind of looked at IoT and then AI. And now Web3 is just kind of like at the tip of everyone's tongues again. And I just think that this time it's different. You know, the energy, the passion, uh, the people that are moving from Web2 to Web3, um, I think it's just a different vibe. I think it's a real paradigm shift that, you know, at this point, I'm a true believer. Yeah, likewise. Love it. And a fun question I'd love to ask thinking about this is maybe what do you think is the future for Lee? I know, yeah. like we said, you're exploring a lot right now between 
the east and the west, kind of, you know, California, the Bay Area in Taipei. But could you do a little uh, mind mapping? What's next for Lee? I'm trying to figure that out, man. <laughs> That's why I'm here. It's, it's been great being back. So I grew up, you know, half in Taiwan, half in the U.S., and I've also worked, studied in, in both geos. And so I've always had an affinity for Taiwan, and it's always great to be back to reconnect with people. Um, and on this trip, especially seeing in the Web3 space, you know, the people and the things that they're doing, it really gives me a lot of inspiration. I think what Web3 is, you know, one of the ethos or tenets is decentralization. And so we have great talent here, and it gives people the ability to be on the global stage without necessarily being, you know, present physically um, to do, you know, meaningful things um, and to be critical part of this movement. And so that's what I want to be as well. And, you know, however that manifests, we'll find out. I love that. Yeah. Thinking about the fact that COVID was almost a, a wonderful stepping stone to really allow people to trust that they can be remote. They can be anywhere in the world and yeah. have massive impact. Right. And I, lo I love thinking about that as, you know, so many cool people in Taiwan doing so many cool things and they're having global impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And thinking about now, you've spent a few months, right? Is that correct? Back mm -hmm. in Taipei now? Yep. Have you felt there has been any type of impact that you're seeing now at a real global scale? Yeah, no, definitely. I think Taiwan has has made waves um, in multiple aspects of Web3. So for one, DeFi has been big. We have quite a few companies here, um, you know, with local teams, local developers, entrepreneurs that um, are actually, you know, pretty critical, or I would say are huge protocols or platforms that people are using worldwide. Mm. Um, also, NFT space. Um, for those that don't know, I mean, NFT is on everyone's lips, but definitely there have been quite a few NFT projects that launched from Taiwan that made, you know, huge impacts were, you know, trending number one, number two um, worldwide. And that's what excites me. I think, I think definitely Taiwan has the ability and already has done so in creating, you know, a lot of, yeah, impact and, and great projects that they're launching. And, and I think that's going to continue. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Shout out to Fanta Bear with yep. Jay Chow's project. Yeah. Doing amazing. And yeah, there's so many, like you said, DeFi, decentralized finance projects that are running huge protocols mm -hmm. and their team's completely Taiwanese. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's used all through the world. I've noticed another thing too is there's a lot of really exciting development talent that's coming up. So younger audience members listening right now to NG Yingwen, thinking about how you can be involved in software engineering and, and coding and just trying to see if you enjoy that at all right now. Guys, you can have a serious, serious impact on some incredible projects. So love all of that. I'm right there with you. I'm so excited about what's coming with all of this. And uh, let's let's buckle up and uh, <laughs> and get ready to blast off. I'm just here for the ride, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm with you. Very coolly. 节目上半段这边，我们这位本来应该是住在旧金山，但是现在一直对台北流连忘返、舍不得离开的来宾说到呢，大学毕业以来他的工作经验、他的事业路线啊，其实每个工作之间都不太有直接关系。像刚毕业的那时候， 2 0 0 6年成立一间公司做联盟行销，那因为那阵子 Google、雅虎、奇摩这些都还是算是蛮新潮，所以也让他的联盟。联盟行销公司有很多套利投资机会。后来这边的事业告一段落之后呢，他开始在美国一间专门卖玩具的企业上班。
哦，就是一间叫做 MGA 娱乐的一间这个玩具公司，负责台湾市场进出口的销售分析。之后也就很顺势的搬来台湾，变成在台湾香港两地跑，负责跟出口产品到欧美国家的公司合作。好，那他的工作到目前为止好像都还都还跟科技业搭不上边哈。直到后来去北京念了商学院，毕业后到红海的富士康上班之后呢，因为工作内容是负责策略性投资，才让他开始看得更远，发现到电子商务和他背后的发展可能性。那这边就要帮各位比较年轻或者可能在想未来的路要怎么走的听众朋友们问了一个问题。好，就说嗯，来宾他当初是怎么知道自己适合这方面的工作嘞？其实他也没有一个一定的答案啦，只是一路走来，在每个工作里面呢，就不断累积自己在各个领域的经验，多方尝试，多方学习，这样好，不管是做资料分析，每天跟数学约会，还是做进出口，做商业开发，磨练人际互动等等，好，都给他带来很多宝贵的经验。他刚用派来做比喻，大家有抓到吗？基本上就是把经验想成做菜的各种食材，好，然后把这些经验、这些食材呢结合起来，去创造一块更大的派、更大的工作机会，好，就是更好的未来这样子。等于是他现在的这个领域呢，就是自己过去各种工作经验的合并。那最后之所以会开始踏入货币的领域，是因为在离开富士康的工作之后呢，他回到旧金山做风险投资。那大家也知道，湾区那边基本上就是一个高科技圣地，很多个很多那个科技新创公司都是从那边开始的，所以在那边做风险投资，也让他体验到了各种新兴科技在投资市场上的应用。同时也把我们来宾带进了现在的 Web 3.0 世界，接触到了所谓的这个 AR， 好扩增实境，或者是 VR 虚拟实境，甚至是人工智慧 AI， 还有加密货币等等这些引领潮流的新科技。重点是呢，不只是旧金山湾区哦。来宾说，台湾他在台湾的这几个月下来啊，发现到我们这里当地的科技人才其实也给世界带来不小的影响力。像周董的幻想熊 NFT 有没有，就是一个响当当的例子。进入下半段之前，我们来回头练习一下刚才他们用到的字。好，这次这些都是比较偏科技商业的一点，例如刚才前面他说以前做的这个联盟行销，一般说法是 affiliate marketing。那套利的话可以说 arbitrage。那当时他成立联盟销售公司之前，全球经历的这个网络泡沫化，英文说法就是他刚刚提到这个 dot com boom， 或者是有人说 dot com bubble。好，那个 dot com 就是我们写网址的时候一个点 c o m 的那个 dot com。另外，这个 amalgamation 它有合并、联合的意思。不知道为什么，它让我联想到《三千宠爱在一生》跟《七龙珠》里面的那个元气丹。好，反正就是一个大结合这样子。像他现在的工作，刚刚不是就是用 amalgamation 形容嘛，就是指之前很多工作经验的总和。最后，他们说的这句 "I'm just here for the ride"， 好，是一种很道地而且很实用的说法。Ride 当名词的时候有搭车、搭便车的意思，对不对？像你问人家 ，Can you give me a ride？ 啊，就是说，哎，你能不能载我一程？或者是 To go for a ride， 就是兜风。但是在这边的意思就有点把那个搭车的意思延伸出去，有一种哎，我也一起参与卡的那意味在。好，那我们就赶快继续听一下半段吧。
Well, do you mind if we switch gears a little bit? You've sure. you've done a great job of kind of peppering in a little bit. Yeah, you know, most of your life has been split between the East and the West. And I know you were born in LA, shout out to California, and you spent most of your time in Southern California, but That's then right. more for work, I believe, right? It was in uh, the Bay, but mm. Taiwan has always been hanging in there with you. And so yeah. could you share a little bit about, yeah, your experience with, with Taiwan and California? Yeah. So I mean, both my parents are from Taiwan. Um, they immigrated to the US uh, in the 70s and have been there ever since. You know, now retired, they split time between LA and Taipei. Um, but when I was nine years old, we actually moved back to Taiwan and I spent four years living here. And I would say those were extremely important in, in my um, childhood and development because it definitely set the foundation for my respect and infinity for my heritage. Mm. And so I think I was lucky. You know, when I was here, uh, I actually went to international school, but I took Mandarin classes and immersed myself in the culture, music, you know, the, the history. And I brought that with me when I moved to the States. And, you know, all of that Chinese foundation, I wouldn't say I'm great, you know, I'm not like, say, college level, but I can get by. And that's been, ex you know, just extremely crucial for me in, in my career. And, you know, no, who would have known? My parents didn't know how big, you know, Greater China would have been when we were young. Um, but I'm really glad for that experience. I love that you're also thinking about it from, you know, the connection to your roots and your, and your, your, your culture and your blood, you know, and, mm -hmm. and how that's made you have such an appreciation for the East and the West. Right. And I think that's where I'm kind of coming now. You know, I'm, I'm this whitey now <laughs> in Asia <laughs> loving it and, and uh -huh. trying to immerse myself in the language and the culture and, feeling like, yeah, that's part of my heart now, you know, like that's my blood. And so it's, awesome. it's really cool to kind of, you know, see that from both perspectives now. Mm. And thinking about your language, as you said, kind of with your Mandarin and obviously English was, was coming when you were in school in the States, but Mandarin was always a part of your home culture. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So even before we moved to Taiwan, um, it's funny you mentioned that because we were not allowed to speak English at home oh, in the States. Interesting. And was that's that like actually, rule, huh? yeah. And I think it's pretty rare. Because I have plenty of friends, also Taiwanese American, you know, maybe were even born in Taiwan, but moved there at an early age. But their parents, in their, you know, hopes of getting their kids to pick up English faster, always spoke English to them. And so, you know, they hung out with, you know, maybe all the white kids or didn't even think about speaking Chinese, didn't take Chinese classes. And I think, you know, maybe at, at this point, they regret it, but it's a bit too late, right? So I think I was definitely blessed that my parents kind of set that tone for me. And, um, yeah, no English <laughs> <in the> house. <laughs> I, yeah. I love that. That's, that's funny too, because a lot of my friends are like, Hey, you just that once, why you so And you know, it's kind of like they are forcing me to speak Chinese uh -huh. because I'm here, you know, and I love that too. And you know, it's a, it's a playful aspect of it. Mm -hmm. It's, and it's kind of forcing that environment on you. Yeah. That's so cool. And so thinking then about now your career. Mm. Would you say, you kind of touched on it, would you say, though, that you are utilizing English and Mandarin almost daily? Oh, yeah. So in mean, the last uh, six, seven years, I've been doing cross-border investing. And so a lot of the companies that I work with, um, some may be U.S. companies looking to break into the Asian markets or vice versa. Um, so a lot of it, you know, definitely comes in handy. Um, I think the bilingual aspect is one, but also, you know, making sure that you try to immerse yourself in both cultures, understanding you know, not just the, you know, technicalities, but also, you know, the, the more kind of minute 
you know, unspoken things, right? Reading the air, things mm. like that. Ooh, the soft skills. Yes, yes. The EQ, the emotional intelligence of both cultures. Right. Yeah. Well, well said. And projecting a little bit now onto Web3 and, and the mm. crypto space, have you seen any of that manifesting itself in terms of what are you noticing maybe here in the Web3 Mandarin space mm. versus maybe in California in the Web, in the English Web3 space? I think I should throw it back to you, John. <laughs> I think you know the space much better than I do. And that's why, you know, I'm like, I came to like Baishi, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. It's, there's a lot of beautiful stuff. I, I, I could answer that, but I, I don't want to steal from, from your airtime right now. Well, I would say I, you know, I, I think that that's the beauty of Web3, kind of like what we've been talking about the whole time is that it's anything you want it to be, right? All these new companies, platforms that people are building. It's literally from scratch, but enabled by blockchain, you know, enabled to be decentralized and to be rebuilt from the ground up. And so, you know, certain things that perhaps we have, we talk about another big word, you know, the, a lot of design thinking is skeuomorphic. Oh, I love that word, dude. <laughs> That's one of my favorite buzzwords right now. Skeuomorphic design thinking word. Do you yes. want to explain? Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> I know for my co-host, I might have to break that down for her. Okay, think about um, Go for it. something that looks like something else to help you understand, to make that connection to a new thing. That's, mm. is it, would that be a, a good way? To, so maybe how the first website looked like a magazine or a newspaper article. Yeah, exactly. That be how you kind of describe that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great word, guys. Yeah. Skewmorphic. So I guess in in a way, it's kind of the maybe conscious or subconscious influence of something that existed in a different form. And you bring that into your design thinking. And and that's kind of how things evolve. Like that's kind of how design evolves. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we're at a, a point where there's a paradigm shift. You know, things can be disruptive, um, you know, completely rethought. And that's the beauty of it, you know. And I think that's where people here in Taiwan can build things in the image in the way that they want it to be. Mm, yeah, they don't need to follow any prototypes. There's no rules right now. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. need to be like, oh, we need to follow all the Fang companies, you know. Yeah, Fang actually is another buzzword here. <laughs> Fang, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Amazon, Netflix, yeah, Google, Google, right? Those were kind of the, the, the powerhouses. And now we're in a new paradigm shift where any company around the world, any individual can now contribute in these huge ways. Yeah. Beautifully. Well, I love your high level thinking about all this. I, I can't wait to see what you uncover with your own personal exploration between the East and the West. And I wish you nothing but success. Thank you. Yeah, man. And a question I'd love to end with here on NG Ingwen is if you could go back mm. and talk to a younger Lee, would there be any advice you give yourself about life, language, career? You know, honestly, I think for me, you know, being all 38 years young, I think Every year that passes is, you know, a, a chance, an opportunity to be introspective and think about all things that you thought about doing but didn't do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I've been blessed to be able to have lived and traveled um, to many countries um, in many capacities, working in different industries, um, but really just be in the present and, you know, trust your instincts and trust yourself. Um, for all your listeners that are thinking about getting to Web3, just do it. Awesomely. Well, well said. You are so articulate and I can't wait to see all the things you do. Great to have you on the show, man. And where can people find more of your life online or find any of you, the work you've done? Uh, for your listeners, um, I'm hoping to have John on soon, but um, I have a podcast. It's called currently it's the Will, Lee and Andrew show, but we're actually going through a rebranding. So um, it's going to be the WLD 
Ooh. We call it the wild show without the eye. I like it. Is take away, you? You like yeah, that? yeah. Take away okay. the the vowels. Yeah, yeah that's, there's a word for that actually in English. Something when you take away the vowels, mm. that word. My girlfriend would know this. She'd be mad at me. <laughs> that's but, ooh, that's ooh, the WLD show, yeah, yeah, the wild yeah. show. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we basically started um during the pandemic in- interviewing friends um about their stories. And, um, it's kind of in a way, um, just organically turned into, um, more web three content as well. But, um, yeah, you guys can definitely look that up. <laughs> it's will and lead dot show. Um, otherwise you can find me on Twitter. Um, uh, my handle is Chang Lee Wen. That's, uh, C H A N G L E E W E N. Beautiful. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining us on the NG Wen show and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for having me. 下半段这边呢，来宾提到他爸妈大概是在1970年代的时候移民到加州。那后来因为九岁的时候，其实有搬回来住了四年，让他也透过那次机会认识了父母的成长背景，帮他打下了重要的中华文化基础。不管是中文能力也好，还是我们的传统，都对他往后的人生发展有一定的影响。而且，因为从小在家就是被规定只能讲中文，所以也帮他日后的双语能力呢打下了很好的基础。像他现在工作那种的各种投资，也都是很仰赖他的双语能力。例如，过去这六七年来，他都有在做的跨国投资就是一个例子。很多他合作的公司，不是在想办法要打入亚洲市场，就是想要进入欧美市场。那这种时候，当然就是你知道很需要双语能力嘛，对不对？但更重要的是，也要懂得当地文化，好，要懂得当地的一些人际互动的潜规则，不然就算表面上哇再怎么样优秀，如果不懂文化，失礼了冒犯到人家，那哪还有生意给你做啊？对不对？<笑>再来，他们讨论到的这个 Web 3.0 在加州和台湾这东西方之间的差别。但说实在的，我们也没有得到一个确切的答案，因为来宾说呢，呃，网络三点零它基本上就是一个任何你想要它成为的东西。他没有提到一个上次我们讲冷钱包的例子 ，skewmorphic 就是这样子。好，所以网络三点零呢，带给我们很多新的机会去创造、去设计，同时也给台湾新创人才一个新的舞台去发挥。节目尾声，来宾鼓励大家要 be in the present， 要活在当下，而且要相信自己。那如果是在犹豫要不要加入网络三点零的行列的话嘞，哎呀，他说就不要想了，就直接加入吧。<笑>来，大家，我们说再见之前，先来听几个字。他刚开头的时候不是说要进入其他国家的市场，除了技术性的一些美美嘎嘎以外，更重要的是要懂得一些当地人的潜规则吗？那这个潜规则不用说，上个礼上个星期我们就有讲是 the unspoken rules， right？ 好，那这个所谓的技术性的咩咩嘎嘎，可以用他刚刚讲的这个字 technicality， 好，就是技术性的一些细节。另外这句读空气 reading the air， 其实是来自日本的一个说法，也就是我们常讲的察言观色。那以上这两种要懂当地人的潜规则，要会察言观色。这两种我们在职场上一般称为 soft skills， 好，也就是之前讲过的这个软技能。那跨国投资的话呢，就是来宾说的这个 cross border investment。好 ，border 它意思是国界嘛，对不对？所以 cross border 表达的当然就是跨国、跨国界。最后他们说的这个 fang 指的是美国几个主要的科技龙头，像是脸书啦、Facebook。
哈呃 Apple 苹果 Amazon 亚马逊，还有 Netflix 跟 Google 好，就是这几个公司取他们名字的开头所写成一个字，不是他原本全词的意思哦，不要误会了。好啦，那今天节目就到这边，我们下次再会喽。All right, bye everyone. Peace. All right. Well, that is our NG Ingwen show for today. We hope everyone enjoyed listening to that. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and now Spotify. You can search NG Ingwen, or you can search on IG NG English I C R T. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday morning from six thirty to seven, and Wednesday night from nine to nine thirty. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye bye. 好啦，今天的节目就到这边告一段落啦。感谢各位的收听，别忘了订阅我们的 Spotify 还有 YouTube 频道哦。那喜欢我们节目的话，也要记得到 Instagram 到 IG 上追踪我们哦。如果各位有什么其他问题是想要问来宾的，也请欢迎在底下留言告诉我们，我们一定会想办法帮你问到手。好啦，那就下周在空中相会喽，拜拜。